0: So we're we're in the book of Matthew. I realize it's 1208, and I realize some of you, the roast is, you're worried about it burning. <laughs> do you guys still do roasts on Sundays? Anybody? We did. Well, God, good. Do one of those automatic timer offs because it's going to cook. Uh, uh, we're in the book of Matthew, and, and we'll try to watch our time as well as we can. By the way, the kids are having a blast in there. You know, we've been praying and calling for, we wanted to see a hundred kids in our kids ministry before Easter of this year, and the Lord is blessing and bringing kids and families. We have prepared, we have mended our nets, we have mended our nets and mended our nets and ready, we are ready, we are ready, and so that we got them today, and boom, easy net, gotcha, no panic. No <laughs> panic. No panic, just boom, gotcha. So we a bunch of bunch of kids, uh, kids came today, some some newer kids, and they are safe. They are loved on. They are having even they Commander Ray's got imported water. I mean, it's imported. It is. It's not even out of a pipe. Nope. Imported water. Put that on your next Instagram. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter four, is where we are. The Gospel of Matthew calls the reader to respond to the kingdom of heaven as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus. The whole message of the book of Matthew really is is this regal, kingdom-esque theme. It's about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven which is synonymous with the kingdom of God, synonymous with the dominion of the Spirit. We'll talk about that later. But the kingdom of God is here, and it's about our response to that kingdom, not just that we observe it, not just that we recognize or even agree with it, but that we respond to it, and how we do is we are disciples of Jesus. And that's why the theme of this whole series is follow me. The book of Matthew tells the reader how to do that. Today we will hear Jesus begin to call his disciples. He will begin to call people to be his disciples. Having preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, he now begins to call disciples to respond to that message. Do you feel that rhythm? We're walking through the text and letting the text unfold that that everything that comes along is necessary in order for us to access what is next. So having heard Jesus say in 17 that's his fundamental, his foremost message, repent for the kingdom is near, and now he's calling people to respond to that message, and here's what he does. We will hear Jesus do that. We will look at two things today, what that did mean to them, and what it does mean to us. Are you ready? That's all we're going to do today, so you, it's, it'll be painless, mostly. When he's called people to be his disciples, what did that mean to them? And then what does it mean to us? All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 8. We'll just read through verse 22 today. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, later. They called Peter later. Okay, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Verse 19. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. He calls people whether they're fishing or whether they're mending their nets. He called them. I like that boat. Makes me happy. Okay? And he called them. Verse 22. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, Lord, we just welcome now the influence, the inspiration, the teaching of your Holy Spirit to press upon us the power of your word. And we respond with belief and obedience. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, what happened? What, is, what, does Ma- what, is, what happened in the text? What is Matthew telling us? Well, we pick it up and Jesus is now in Capernaum. This is his, his uh, home base in, for the Galilean ministry. He's in Capernaum. And he sees fishermen at work. And and he sees brothers Peter and Andrew and brothers James and John. They were working with their father on the boat. And he calls them to follow him. He calls them to follow. Now, the second thing we see is that his call includes a clue. Somebody say clue. clue. That following him will fundamentally transform their lives he says follow me they do they obey but in his command to follow there's this clue that what's about to happen is going to transform their lives then we see that Matthew tells us this the third thing these fishermen respond to Jesus's call urgently and totally They leave their nets, their boats, and their family business. They do so publicly, and they do so immediately. What did this mean to them? If we can go back and try to revisit this in a first century scenario, what was happening? What did this mean to them? Well, here's what it meant. When Jesus called them to follow him it meant to learn from him so they would be like him it meant to learn from him so that they would be like him is that long enough it's on the screen let's try to say it they would learn from him to be like him Follow, when Jesus says follow, in the scriptures, as I'm reading this and I'm, I'm Matthew's audience, Matthew's audience would have known that in the Old Testament, follow uh, it connotes, a consecration. It, 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 it's, it talks about this is a way of life, a whole life direction. In the Old Testament, people were to follow after Yahweh. They were not to follow after Baal or other gods or idols. It, they, were, they were rebuked for when they followed, they went the wrong way. That means their whole life was going a certain way and needed to change. So right away, follow me speaks that, hey, this is about a whole life consecration to this rabbi who's calling this. But more than that, "follow me" is a first century technical term. Rabbis and scribes when the, that, the, it was a term that was used to describe the relationship between a rabbi and his disciples. So when they heard that, they heard it as a Jewish man speaking to a Jewish audience in a first century paradigm. They heard this rabbi say. Be my disciple. Follow after me. Quite literally, etiquette required them to walk behind him. To to walk in his footsteps. If Jesus, I don't mean to be too silly about this, but you got to feel this. What did it mean to them? It meant if Jesus went that way, they went that way. If Jesus went this way, they went this way. They followed after him. But moreover, it meant more than that. To follow me meant follow my example and emulate my character. It meant. That if they followed him, they were to become his apprentice. They were to become his agent. They would become an expression of him to others. Follow me meant that they were to obey everything he said. And they were to obey it how he said it and when he said it. They knew this. Follow me. Obey me. Such discipleship like this would have lasted for years. You say, well, when would it be over? When did they graduate from being a disciple of a rabbi? The only way that they would complete this process is when they became fully like the master. Discipleship was not a six-week course on Scripture memory. As a matter of fact, knowledge was not sufficient to be a disciple. Discipleship was not based on just knowing things. They, weren't, they didn't just take note of Jesus and memorize his routine. Discipleship was forged in the fire of fellowship with and service to the master. It was actually said that if a disciple didn't, didn't not just learn from but serve the master, then they were still called uneducated. if the master was teaching traditionally the disciples the learners they had to sit right in front they had to they had to listen face to face they had to be where if even if he's teaching way back there they had to be within they had to be within his face because if they couldn't see his face it didn't count it's a big deal Jesus says follow me this is what it meant this is what they knew it meant this is how they lived Follow me meant an act of full devotion. Here's the idea. The idea is that you follow so closely that it becomes very difficult to tell the difference. That was the goal. Follow me means you follow so fully, so closely that eventually you can't tell the difference between us be my disciple following jesus meant to learn from him so that they could be like him next when jesus said i will make you fishers of men he did not say that so that did anybody ever sing that song i will make you fishers of men i just thought of it oh bob knows it yeah yeah oh but how's that song end lauralee how's it end the last the last words of the song ah i will make you fish if you see but here's the thing oh now here's the thing here's the rub People have changed that. See, here's what Jesus said. I will make you fishers of men. that following him would influence others to do the same. But so often we, I've, I've, we've heard it taught and written about and cajoled and conferenced. And lectured that you ought to get that somehow. What Jesus might have actually said was he just showed up and told them to go fish, go fish for men and lectured them as to why they weren't doing it better. And here's 17 steps on how to be a better fisherman. That was the goal, was not you will be fishers of men, that was the consequence. The goal was follow me. The consequence is it'll change your life. The goal was I will do something meaningful to your life. The consequence is your life will be meaningful to others. If they followed Jesus, he would do something. Now, there's no way, and I agree. You might, those of you that know me, I'm growing up. I actually agree with a whole bunch of scholars that, that say... That there's no way these men could have grasped the full meaning of, I will make you fishers of men. There is no contemporary language, literature, vernacular in first century uh, Judaism, first century Palestine, that, w- that sounds like fishers of men. It wasn't a phrase we're familiar that people are using. Now, next year, they might unrock, do some rock that has it and suddenly I'm wrong. But as of now, we don't, there isn't anything that tells us they knew what that meant. They They just knew it meant something. They just knew that following Jesus would not just be meaningful for their lives, but that he would make their lives meaningful to others. But again, here's the rub. Jesus would do the making. They would do the following. Before they were sent, they followed. Only followers can be sent. Only people that follow Jesus would become representative of Jesus. It's followers that are evidence. It's followers that are witnesses. It's followers that are disciples. It's disciples that are the evidence, the expression of the master. Following Jesus, they heard, would influence others to do the same thirdly when they followed jesus they did so urgently and totally there was an urgency and a totality to their response this meant that following jesus was final everybody say final final Final. now this was this was not likely the first time that they'd heard jesus or seen him He'd been preaching repent for the kingdom. They probably had seen him. They probably had heard about him a little bit. But there was this moment. There was this time when he called and they answered. He didn't say please. He didn't recreate a seeker pleasant environment so that it would be more palatable to their tender little emotions to make it easier for them to follow him. He didn't didn't create some sort of a scenario where, gosh, I don't want to to make it uncomfortable. I certainly don't want to make it public. I'll give them a private moment. No, he didn't say please. He He called them radically. They abandoned their nets, their boats, and their family. Now, Jesus is not calling you to abandon your family. (laughs) That's the wrong interpretation. Okay? But they walked away from all former priorities because Jesus became the new priority. Jesus didn't wait around while they made up their mind. He called and they came. And they followed publicly in front of others. I want to try to challenge myself and the church at large, maybe to rethink this idea uh, that that people should be called to follow Christ in the most pleasant and quiet and personal, private matter possible. Uh, I don't think we're doing them any favors. A decision you make in private, you can change in private. Public decisions are much more risky and there's a lot more accountability. Think about it. When we, when, we, when we swear in a president, it's the whole world sees it. We swear in judges, it's public. You swear in legislators, it's public. I was at Brian Salwasser's oath when he became a when he when he took an oath to serve the people of Washington State to protect the peace, he did it in front of God and his colleagues and families and everybody. And yet we, and yet people get invited to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we want to give them a private space and not too uncomfortable. Maybe just fill out a card and slide it under a chair to an usher. <laughs> Only disciples are really witnesses. If people are not converted as disciples, if they don't become disciples, We're going to continue to spend billions of dollars a year in church outreach and see 0% change in church increase. But followers, 12 of them messed up the planet. 12. Wrecked the place. Turned it upside down. And they followed with others. They followed Jesus in community with other followers. Where, where the followers of Jesus, where people followed Jesus, they did so together. Everybody say together. together. Nobody followed Jesus alone you don't find that anywhere like there's somebody out there in the desert rock wandering around by themselves following jesus. no they weren't well you know jesus and i have our own special special relationship i don't really need to be around you know i just i just have my own little quiet following jesus you just might and i'm not saying you're not born again but you are not sometimes i think i wonder if i should say that uh you're probably born again but I don't know that you're a disciple of Jesus. Because the disciples of Jesus, they followed Jesus in community with other people. And they did so with people that they disagreed with. They did so and they fought with each other. And they they yeah, they did. They fought with each other. Don't I'm right. I read the Bible. They here's what they did they're all walking together and two of them come up to jesus and say you're right with here talking to you bro he said yeah you didn't expect that man i thought i saw the second row what's he doing Uh, it's nowhere safe Uh, these guys follow jesus and two of them come up to jesus and they say hey jesus hey listen when you take over the world me and my brother want to sit at your right and your left don't tell the other guys They talk about each other. They betrayed each other. They made fun of each other. They snapped each other with towels. It's not in the Bible. I'm just making it up, but I'm pretty sure it's close. They followed Jesus with other people and it took work and they had to talk and work it out and they kept showing up because eventually they found out they needed each other's faith and that to express Jesus, it requires a community, a body of people. That He didn't come just to make us more alone. He came to bring us together. That's what it meant. Following Jesus became the utmost pursuit and passion of their lives. Nothing came before Jesus. Not even the game. That's what it meant to them. The same Jesus calls each one of us to follow him. Well, what does that mean to us? What does it mean to us that that same Jesus calls you? What does that mean? Well, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel pretty strongly about it. I believe it means more. I believe it means more to us than it did to them. No, I don't mean that. Anyway, I understand that prophetically in the timeline of God, that these 12, they got their names written on them, their gates and stuff. There's, there's stuff about the first 12. They're going to do stuff, and they're cool. But listen, same Holy Ghost on Peter, same Holy Ghost on me. So although, they're, although they had a, definitely a unique calling, these 12, that Jesus called them to follow him, and Jesus calls us to follow him, I believe it means more for us. Why, Dab? Why in the world would you say that? Well, we have more hindsight and insight than they. We know more about who Jesus is than they did. We know more about what he came to do than they, they're they just in the boat. They're, some guys are fishing, some guys mend in their net. Jesus says follow, they follow. But we know what he came to do. We know how absolutely, eternally essential his mission is. They, we know more of what is possible for those who follow Jesus. They had no clue they're about to see people raised from the dead. No clue. Giant picnics. No clue and no idea what's coming. We know what he did and what he can do. We have way and what he's promised to do. We There's so much more. We know more of what may be required of those who follow Jesus. When he said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, there was nobody there that said, by the way, you, 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 going to be martyred, going to be crucified upside down, going to be boiled in oil, going be, to be torn apart by beasts. Nobody said that to them. We know. It means more to us. The, the call is more intense and more specific, more urgent. What? Yeah. We aren't just responding to some charismatic rabbi scrolling down the shore of the Lake of Galilee. They were. At the time, that's all they knew. this guy's pretty great. Everybody's talking about him. My chance to become somebody by following a somebody. They They knew that there was something special about Jesus of Nazareth. So they followed him but we know there is something exceedingly wonderful about Jesus the Christ, the Lord. He's the Son of God. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he says, follow me. Their commitment to him was urgent and total, and ours must be even more so. The responsibility to be his apprentice, the responsibility to be his agent, the responsibility to follow him so fully that people can't tell the difference is even more important for us. Why is it? Why, why are you so upset about it? I'm not. But I'm very urgent and intense about it. It's so much more important for us because for them, for them, Jesus was still there to do stuff, Jesus was still there to say stuff. When the father brought his boy to the disciples because he was afflicted by an evil spirit and they tried all the hocus pocus, they could. And the father says to Jesus, I brought my son to your church and they couldn't help him. Then Jesus could still say, bring the boy to me. Now we have become his body. We have become the heir to his anointing. Now you are plan A. And there is no plan B. You've got to do the stuff, you've got to say the stuff, you've got to follow so fully. That they don't have to look elsewhere for Jesus. Therefore, it means more. It means more to us. Following Jesus, for us, following Jesus means that we learn from him to be like him. It means a consecration and a whole way of life for us. It means we emulate his character. We obey his teaching. Jesus is not looking for fans, but followers. He's not just seeking your approval. He's looking for your obedience. And not just our obedience, but our imitation for us to be like him. So that no one can tell the Further, it following him means that following Jesus, our following Jesus, if we will follow Jesus, it will influence others to do the same. If we follow Jesus, it will influence others to do the same. If we follow him, he will make us fishers of men. If no one knows or is totally unaffected by how you follow Jesus you're probably not following very close. If it's pretty easy to tell the difference, you have an opportunity to follow more closely. But if we follow him, he'll make us. See, there's nothing in the imperative, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There is no performance imperative. There is no, you get out there and work harder and do stuff. It's not the sales manager cranking on the salesman. I'm, I'm angry that the church has become that. I apologize for that. But it's not, I'm tired of going to things where there's a sales manager saying get out there and make some more sales get out there and make some more Jesus didn't say get out there and make some more sales Jesus said follow me and if you'll follow me it'll have such a transformingly powerful effect on your life that your life will radiate hope and power your life will radiate hope and power you 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 will become I, I will have such a meaningful impact in your life your life will Follow me is the imperative. I will make you is the indicative. That's going to happen if you follow him. This world needs followers of Jesus. But we don't follow him for the world's sake. But if we'll follow him, our world will never be the same. We will influence others to do the same. And finally, for us, following Jesus must be final. It must be final. We must follow him urgently and totally. He's not calling fans followers. Followers place Christ before everything. Fans bump Christ for almost anything. What comes before him? What comes before Christ? What comes before obedience? What comes before worship? Before learning? What comes before church? Hey, what does gathering as the church have to do with following Jesus? You know, I've been to church. Some of those people I don't like very much. I don't have to go to church. No one follows Jesus alone. We follow Jesus publicly and in community. We follow as disciples together, learning to follow Jesus together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. But as we see the Lord's day approaching closer, we gather so that we might encourage one another. Followers of Jesus live in vital connection to the Holy Spirit. We follow the Spirit's leading and prompting and empowering. And followers of Jesus, Hebrews 13, verses 7 and 8, it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. And consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Everybody say that with me, please. Imitate their faith. Imitate. Follow. Imitate their faith. It doesn't mean, you know, a copy their every opinion or imitate, you know, you know observe the, their choices, see where, what it, where it went good and where it went bad, but imitate their faith. And this is the, the, the part about following Jesus is that we intentionally look for people to follow their faith. Not they don't replace Jesus, they don't displace Jesus, but they are signposts, they are testimonies, they are inspirations, they are examples along the way as we follow Jesus. God puts people in our life so that we can imitate their faith. And God has placed you here now so that your faith. Faith can be something to imitate. So that your faith can, someone can, as they're following Jesus, there's a sign, there's a symbol, there's a a beacon, there's a mark along the way as you're following Jesus. Your kids are looking for it. Kids in this church that aren't your kids are looking at you. You say, how you know that? I did. My life is landscaped with people that I watched. You know it. followers of jesus we look for those who have followed him in front of us we recognize they're not perfect we don't expect them to be but we imitate their faith why because hebrews says jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever that means i can even look back and read biographies of people that have served god and i can imitate their faith because jesus is the same they serve the same jesus i do I can read the scriptures. I can read Paul's life and say Jesus is the same. I can imitate his faith because Jesus is the same. We follow Jesus urgently and totally. Lastly, let's recognize this. As a matter of fact, let me ask you to stand together as you read this last slide together. Let's recognize this. As significant as this call is, as significant, as as powerful and complete as it is, here's the, here's the catch. Jesus initiates this call. He's not, he's not out taking applications, he's issuing summons. Most rabbis of Jesus' day, they people would have to make application to follow. They would, you'd have to earn your way. And if you were good enough or whatever enough, then you could become their disciple. But Jesus doesn't wait for you to be good enough. He calls you where you are to follow him now. Your discipleship is Jesus' idea. You being his disciple is his idea. You are his idea. That's why he would later tell his disciples, you did not choose me, I chose you. Jesus is calling and has called each one of us. He calls, we come, we follow, he makes us become. Is there anybody this morning that you have not Responded to the call of Jesus to be his disciple but he wanted is there anybody here that say I, I've heard of Jesus I've seen him I've been around others but I don't know I can't say that I have that I have stood up left my old life and priorities behind me and said Jesus I follow you urgently and totally I'm your follower I'm your disciple and it's final. It's final. Is there anybody here this morning that you just would respond and say, "Yes, that's me." This morning, I decide to follow Jesus. Why don't you lift your hand right where you are and say, "Yeah, that's me." I've decided to follow Jesus. Today is my day. I want to. I want to leave this boat, leave these nets, and follow Jesus. How about all of us today? Let me ask you this question: Is there anybody in this house that would say, "Lord Jesus"? I want to follow you so closely that, you, that people can't tell the difference. I want to follow you so closely, so fully that people can't tell the difference. And Lord, I give you my life. Make my life meaningful to those around me. Lord, I want to follow you in such a way that I bring everybody with me. Is there anybody in the house that would say, I'm going to follow him like that? I'm going to lift both hands if that's you.